Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen. What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project Podcast. Today's guest on the show is Laird Hamilton. I am so stoked that Laird has agreed and has come on the show. Obviously, one of the most requested guests to come on the Progression Project, and it will not disappoint. Um, you guys know who Laird is, I am sure, but if you are listening and you don't, Laird is one of the world's greatest watermen, um, big wave pioneer, toe surf pioneer, foil pioneer in the group of riders with Dave Kalama, um, who's been on the show multiple times and, and one of our favorite guests here. So uh, we've heard about Laird through all of the stories from Kai Lenny and from Dave, but now to get Laird's take on the evolution, the inception and evolution of foil surfing. And then we dive deep into um, all the other themes that we like to explore, how he experiences flow states and uh, approaches training. So I think you guys are going to love it. Please hit me with uh, questions, comments, and feedback. And I apologize for the show being a couple days late. We were traveling and had just, I, I don't know if I ever want to get on an airplane again, guys. Like, we were coming back from a snowboarding trip where we kind of got skunked. We had you no know, new snow and it was kind of icy and a very steep Sun Valley, which is you want a lot of powder there. I think, I mean, it seemed that way for us. <laughs> we spent a lot of time snowboarding a few years ago and never had an experience that was like the kids after a few days weren't even stoked to go up just because it was kind of like survival. But um, we had two days of, of basic delays coming home from that trip and weather and then mechanical and, uh, you know, we made it home and it's a beautiful thing when you come home from a vacation and everyone is just fired up to be home and golly foiling has just absolutely changed everything because all I could think about out there after like day two or day three was I cannot wait to get home and just foil. So we sent it yesterday. It was Brian Finch's birthday. We took out the ski, a couple buddies, and went out and, and towed. And it was just glorious, just glorious. And actually, we just got done with another beautiful session this morning. So good times in foiling. A couple notes before we hop in. The project feedback on the foil has just been so so incredible on the progression and i'm so grateful for everyone who's been testing it and the thoughtfulness that they've put into giving feedback you know um, a lot of epic riders around the world uh taking it for a spin and then and then i just love the phone calls that i'm getting where people are are frothy and that's just like one of my favorite things it's one of the reasons why i really love design is that you get to create something that helps someone else feel stoke which my wife jokes around and she says like my purpose is just stoking people out um it just seems like that's my favorite thing to do is just do rad stuff with other people and fire everyone up um and and design is a way to do that over distance i feel like and maybe the podcast is a little bit of a way to do that as well just you know get to and and, and for me it's a lot of inspiration you get to talk to someone like laird hamilton for an hour and a half someone that you've watched surf for your whole life and have been inspired by your whole life and now you get to be inspired by their their thought process and their insights so it's fantastic 
All right. Uh, I hope everyone is doing well and um, have some great guests coming up, some some really cool surprise guests coming up, I think, that will stoke everyone out. And yeah, 2023, the year sending it. I hope that you are living up to our year. <laughs>
Yeah, I, I mean, it, it. it's, you know, like a lot of ideas, uh, it, at least uh, ideas I've been involved with in surfing, um, it usually, they usually happen when, when it's flat uh, because you're not surfing. And so you're, it's in the middle of summer or, you know, there's a flat spell and then you're looking for, you know, other ways to occupy yourself until the surf comes again. And so in, in the case of foiling, uh, we had been, you know, we were obviously we were towing and towing was a big focus. Uh, it was in the summertime and, uh, I, I'm not sure. I think it was Brett Lickle, uh, said that he saw, or, or, or one of our friends said they saw this contraption in this guy's garage. Uh, I guess it was up in Pukalani on Maui. And it was like, he, he's, I just remember his words. It had spider webs on it and it was sitting in the corner but it was a, it was a hydrofoil looking device. And, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, it was the original air chair. So it was like one of the very first air chairs. Uh, and so I, he, I said, well, get that thing. Ask that guy if we can borrow it and get it and let's go, you know, let's go play on it. And, uh, and so he, he, the guy said, okay, yeah, no problem. Just, you know, don't break it. I, I'm not sure why he was worried because it had cobwebs on it anyway, but you know, he, he, we, we took it down and, and, uh, at first I thought it was for like uh, a, a handicapped or like there was a disabled aspect to it because it had a seat and you belted yourself to the seat. Uh, and so I was like, okay, well that, that, you know, I mean, you know, we, we, we would like to stand on things. So I thought maybe that was, it was, you know, there was, there was a, a disability, uh, aspect to it. So we wrote it sitting down, uh, first and, and, and just got clobbered. I called it the scare chair. You just, you just smash your face every time because you couldn't really block yourself, you know, like in surfing, uh, and in, you know, on, in board, in board sports that you're standing up, you can tuck and roll. There's a tucking and rolling aspect to protect yourself when you crash. And this was because of your, you were squared up in a chair and seat belted to it. You just, you just land right on your face. And so we called it the scare chair. And then, uh, and we quickly decided that we would try to stand on it. And so we undid, undid this, the belt and, uh, and stuck our feet in the front foot straps that it had for the, for the seated position stuck one foot in that and then stood behind the seat itself and uh and and we were able to get up and go a little ways uh which you know in our case was it was a it was a spark of hope uh and so and so we're like oh wow you can stand on okay great that's awesome so then it was like okay we we can stand on it and that made us immediately want to to create one that was for standing instead of one that had this chair on it. And we're like, Hey, we can cut the chair off, but it wasn't ours. And maybe, you know, so, so, you know, we asked the guy if we could take it apart, something like that. Can we take it apart? As long as we didn't damage any of it, we could. So, uh, so we made a prototype, we built a prototype, uh, and, and, I'm, and I don't know, I think that, that the understanding that you could use the waves energy came after, but it, it, it may not have, I don't remember us standing with the seat, uh, in the surf because it was just too precarious. And I think we, we, as soon as we understood we could stand on it, we were like, okay, we want, we want to make one that, to stand on. And, uh, and, and 
we thought you needed to be really mounted to it given the chair leverage and the way the foil works. So, uh, and we, and we'd been doing a lot of snowboarding. So we took a pair of, of snowboard boots and bindings and mounted them to a wakeboard and then made like a, like some, this weird, uh, kind of raised deck so it could accommodate the, the, the foil, the way it fit on the chair. And, uh, and we made a prototype, a standing prototype. Uh, and then, and we started to play, you know, ride that and, and, uh, and I remember being on the North shore of Maui and I think we were towing cause we didn't want to drive to the other side of the Island. There was a little bit of surf and it either let go or get towed and then feel the waves energy, grab a hold of it. And, and at that point, another light went off, which was, Oh, wow. We can, we can, you know, the way the waves energy will, will, will pull you like it'll 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 make it makes it work you don't just have to be towed uh and then that was and then you know once once that happened then then we were you know then it was off to the races then it was like okay now we got to get other prototypes and you know get and then we then we would you know started going and buying um pieces uh from from uh pieces of the chair and then, and then eventually that company turned into sky ski and we would buy stretch from them and wings and build our, build our own boards. And, and, uh, you know, and for me personally, uh, you know, I, 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 in, in, in the same, at the same kind of time, uh, had, had had a giant, uh, day of, of towing and, and, and experienced, uh, experience a limitation uh in 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 conventional equipment that there was a limitation in uh in in tow boards and that the that when a wave gets big enough the surface tension and the speed of the wave you just you're going to have a hard time descending uh down the wave and and you and you know you'll be lucky to cut across it you you might not even be able to descend down it and i experienced that uh at a giant day at spreckelsville kind of the biggest day that I've ever towed in surf wise. Uh, and so that kind of, once that happened, I, I, then I, my attention shifted, uh, away from tow boards and towing to hydrofoil, uh, hydrofoils and, and, and hydrofoil, uh, surfing. That was the main thing. And, 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 you know, I, I completely, uh, in the pursuit of that, just have just kind of have dedicated, I would say the last 15, maybe more, it might be almost 20 winners, 15 winners, um, to exclusively that besides, uh, other stuff. So, so, you know, and like I said, the foil came along and, and then I realized that, you know, you're not going to, that the surface texture is not going to slow you down. You're not going to have surface tension where most of the drag is. And so now, um, you know, and if you, if it's going to, you know, if it ever does get 150 feet and you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to need something different than a surfboard to ride that kind of surf. Uh, and so that was the, you know, that was my, uh, you know, that was my, that then it became my focus. And I, and, you know, we, we made boards, uh, we had prototypes, we made boards for, um, you know, stand up and we were, we were in boots most of the time, the rigs that we were using were designed to tow behind, um, uh, behind boats at really high speeds which which kind of 
and because my focus was on bigger surf, it, it kind of went together. Cause I, cause they wouldn't have worked in real small surf because you wouldn't go fast enough. And that's where, you know, the kind of the modern, uh, the modern stuff comes along and, and you have the original, uh, kind of small wave foils that changed, uh, changed that, that aspect, but we were already in big surf with boots, uh, and, and dedicating, you know, entire winners, uh, to just that discipline exclusively. And then, and then, uh, you know, and, and there was all, you know, there, we had little breakthroughs along the way we had, we had, uh, uh, uh I think it was a relative of Kalama's or someone, uh, that Dave knew had a, had a new front wing that we rode that, that was made out of G10 that worked amazingly better than the, what we called the shovel. You know, we called the original air chair, all aluminum foil, the shovel, uh, just cause it was kind of like a shovel and, uh, it was metal and it was, <laughs> you know, it had the, it had the, uh, I would say it had the, the, you know, the shape of a shovel pretty much when it came to the, to the, to, you know, to the outline and so on. But, um, but yeah, there's so many things that have happened along the way uh since then um obviously that brings us where we are today but but that was you know in that's kind of how i recollect it i'm i mean i you know i imagine everybody has could have a slightly different view of it but that seems to be the you know that was the the, the nucleus and the guys that were involved in it you know initially it was the same group that was towing at piahi you know where there was the strap crew it was you know it was it was uh, Dave Kalama, Brett Lickle, Mike Waltz, uh, Mark Angulo, uh, you know, and and uh, and and Rush Randall and Pete Cabrina and a couple of these other guys. Some of the guys didn't really have any interest in the in the foil. Other other guys did, uh, you know, and, and, and within the group, and and we went along for a while, and then and and had some incredible stuff you know some writing and some amazing things we were doing but it kind of lost a little bit of zest uh you know and this was all on maui i moved back to where i grew up uh partially because it was you know better foiling <laughs> so <laughs> so for me for me for for what i was doing for what i wanted to do and and i and i and i and there was a little window there uh that maybe for I, I don't know how many years, but a few years, five years, four or five or whatever, how many it was where, uh, I, I think no one, no one was really doing it except us, uh, me and a couple of friends on Kauai, uh, a buddy of mine, Nelson and, and another, uh, my tow partner, uh, Terry Chun. Uh, and, and so, and and I remember coming back. I think we sh there was a video. Uh, we shot a video. Sato Dinjiro shot a video of us riding some some something out in the middle of the ocean, and uh, and I showed it to Dave Kalama, and he flipped out and was like, "What?" And then he and then it was like, and then the whole thing was back on again. And I think I came back to Maui for a while, uh, and. And the whole, and then the kind of the fire kind of got back in it uh, again. And then during that time is when the when it kind of shifted into kiting, uh, 
you know, I mean, I'm giving you kind of my, what my history looks like in my mind, but the, the it's shifting into kiting, kiting was really like the first, I would say the first board, uh, you know, the first discipline that besides the boat stuff, besides on the chairs behind the boats, the first, uh, board sport discipline that, had like production stuff like the kite foilers kite foiling and i had done some early kite foiling uh because obviously we were involved in the in the in the in the original uh the original kind of kite revolution you know we were involved with with that original group of guys in kiting on you know in the very beginning and so we were hydrofoil, you know, we were riding these hydrofoils. So to grab a kite and hold onto a hydrofoil and go hydrofoil kiting, it was, it would, it was like, yeah, that's a no brainer. And I, and I remember doing it like the, one of the first times I did it. Uh, and, and I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be a complete discipline in itself. Like this is going to be, this alone is going to be just an amazing thing, but wasn't something I was going to spend my time uh, or cause I didn't have interest in do you know working on that i you know I, I think as a wave rider you're just always thinking about the waves you know it's about the waves and the waves and the and so uh and so that was let you know that so kite foiling comes along and then they and they continue they develop some wings and uh and then and i think alex aguera came to visit me at one point and i had just been you know, all our foiling had been in big surf in boots, uh, and we're, we're focused on, you know, just towing in giant surf. Like that's our whole thing. And we're just trying to get that stuff better so it can go faster and we can handle trying to slide down these, these big slopes. And, uh, and Alex came to, uh, Garrett comes to visit me and says, Oh, I got this stand up paddle foil board, you know, you should try it. And it was like, it was like a starboard with a, with one of the, one of the, uh, I think like low wind kite foils on it and, uh, an early go foil. And, and so I go, oh yeah, let me try this. And so I went down to the beach and I paddled out and, you know, like I said, all my, I mean, we had ridden smaller surfer foiling, but we hadn't really had foils that were good for, for that kind of, you know, that low energy. And so uh, I wrote it and I came back and I said, well, Alex, the good news is it's great. The bad news is I'm not going to give it back to you. <laughs> so I, I told him, I go, you're gonna have to go make a new one. Uh, and, uh, because, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you for it, or, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm, this thing's not going to leave, not going to leave, leave, uh, my possession. And he just, he was like, he goes, okay. I go, well, you can make another one. I go, I can, I go, you, you know what you need to do. And so, uh, he, I ended up getting that one and, you know, it was interesting because after coming from normally, you know, you start small and then you go a little bigger and a little bigger and we're a little bigger and you work your way up into the big surf. Well, we were already in the big surf and it, the, the irony was that we worked our way back down into the little surf. And then I started riding, riding these other wings that really were designed for going slower and lower speeds. And, and, uh, and that gave me a whole new, uh, a whole new, uh, kind of area to, to expand in uh, that, that, you know, that we weren't doing because like I said, the stuff that we were using was just designed to go real fast. And, and the focus is what was on big waves, which it usually is because it's just, we don't have them enough. Mm -hmm. How has your gear evolved from those early days in big surf 
there's so few people towing, uh, tow foiling the, the, the type of surf, the consequence, the energy, um, as you are. Uh, how has your gear evolved? What are you riding today in big surf? Well, now we have eject button, which is great. I call it eject button because we, we get to use foot straps. And because the, the designs of the foils have become much more balanced, you know, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, the work that was done in, in the kite arena. And then now because of the popularity of, of the other um, surfing aspect and then the electric, the electric uh, boards as well, you know, the, 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 the designs uh, have really gotten refined, which is allowing us to use foot straps, which means that I call that an eject. Now you have an eject, which changes the whole dynamic, uh, which means that you're, you know, when you're booted to, you know, a samurai, I call it, you know, booted to a samurai sword, but when you're booted to a big old, you know, nasty uh, rig, uh, I mean, that, that there's, you, you, you know, you just don't have a lot of room for error. You're not, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you, you can't be making mistakes. Uh, and now I'm not that you're going to make mistakes, you know, now you have foot straps, but it just, and, and, and it brings in the ankle, the ankle suppleness, which allows you to have a whole different effect on just the role of the, uh, of the plane. You know, the, the stuff obviously is just, I mean, you can see f the foils in general have just gotten more and more refined um, as, as, as the money actually comes into it, uh, because, you know, you can sell products and then you have, you know, you have R and D budgets. And so then you have, you know, guys, you know, you have really high level kind of hydrodynamic engineers putting real thought into it. I mean, I ride, I ride lift equipment, uh, and I also test every other brand stuff. I I've gotten, you know, I've ridden the F1 stuff. I have the, I have, uh, Zycheck stuff. I, I mean, I'm just always looking, you know, like I, like I have in, in, uh, you know, I ride the e-foils a lot because of the, just the training, um, and the, the, you can speed train is what I call it, where you can do a lot of training at, um, at going fast, you know, people don't realize, you know, we, we learned that in surfing. I mean, you, when you ride three foot waves all summer and then the surf gets giant, you know, the whole thing is you're just going a different speed and you don't really have that acclimation. Sometimes it takes a little while where when you're riding, you know, you can ride an e-foil and you can ride them pretty fast. And that just kind of keeps your reactions and everything more fine tuned uh, for the speed. So it really, you know, it really uh, is, is, you know, has a nice and you can ride smaller wings, you know, as the as you get, you know, as you go faster, you just need less wetted surface it's just like same thing you find in towing the same you know the same thing you find in, in foiling and so uh you know but but i'm always even in even in in my surfing career you know i never i never uh i was always willing to i just try everything because i don't want to you know compromise performance uh you know with equipment. I want, I want to give myself, you know, the, every chance I can to perform at the best level I can. And so I'm going to use any, I'm going to use the best thing there is no matter who makes it and what it is. And so for me, that's just a, that's a little bit of a rule I've had my entire career, uh, is, is not to compromise, uh, 
you know, your equipment by just, and, and, and sometimes it's not great. I mean, my dad used to make boards when I was a kid and I'm like, Hey dad, I just going to tell you, like, if somebody makes me a better board, I'm going to write it, you know, like I just, you know, so I started early with that mentality, but that's where I'm at now. That's where I'm always at is this, like, whatever is the, you know, whatever is the best and, you know, whatever the best for you, it could be different than somebody else, but you know, you just got to ride this stuff. I really, uh, enjoy Nick's stuff. The lift stuff is really, I, I like this, the, the, the pureness of the riding and the, and the, and the liveliness of it. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the, I know the F, like I said, the F1 guys are making beautiful stuff and the Zycheck stuff is, is the, you know, probably the most, uh, I, I want to say not boutique, but the most specialized, it seems like his design is super high level and he makes, you know, his, his custom stuff is, you know, it's, it's, it's custom. So, you know, again, a lot of it's what you can get, you know, that that's a big piece of it. They're going to be the best stuff ever, but it's like, what can you get? Um, all of, all of our equipment, we build the, you know, my friend, uh, Terry Chen builds all the boards, um, to accommodate the foils. Um, just because of the, you know, we, we, the positioning and the, all that stuff changes this foot stance, this, the stances and all that stuff, uh, all that, you know, that stuff's more personal. And so you have to have a little bit more, you can't just be getting a stock, a stock board from somebody with, you know, especially when you're using foot straps. I mean, maybe when you're using, when you're using, uh, you know, just when you're not wearing a foot strap, you can kind of stand where you want on the board, but when when the when there's a foil stance relationship that needs to be custom with having tested the amount of gear that you have and with the mentality of always wanting to ride what's best and understanding what's in the market what's the most surprising leap in performance that you felt throughout uh, your foiling career is there a well I tell you that that original you know when when Alex came over with that with that uh i think it was like early gofoil uh and that starboard that was like that was a big leap i mean i mean other than the initial leap which was you can ride hydrofoils with waves and energy and there and it's and it's it's beyond right i mean i don't know if people fully under can fully in, understand and embrace the fact that that the hydrofoil itself is tapping into the waves energy it's like the difference between am and fm but even more like the like the the the, the level of of uh the the amount of power that you can tap into in a wave with a foil is unlike anything we've ever experienced you know it's 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 just you don't so that was the initial thing right that was the big the biggest thing was wow okay you can you can use a wave's energy with a foil, um, which, you know, in a way, foils are just fins. People go, oh, yeah, foils. And I go, yeah, but they're, but surfboard fins. I mean, you know, you're, you're just riding your fin. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of crazy fin designs over the years. Now they just have wings and they lift you up and let your board fly in there. So we're, in know, in essence, we're just riding our fin, right? So it can say whatever you want, but at the end, that's what we're doing. I mean, and so, but that, you know, that initial con that initial oh my god you can ride the waves energy you know use the use a wave power to you know make a hydrofoil fly and then the go for the goal you know and then and then what we've been able to do with that that's you know that just goes without i feel like uh 
I guess for me that 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 was over a long period of time and has so much volume now. It maybe it doesn't have the kind of thing that when I then all of a sudden we went from that to oh you can ride a one foot wave and we're like oh wow you can ride a non breaking one foot wave a mile like that's a that's a huge uh, you know that's a huge revelation and the the truth is that's a you know that's a a, a, a more expanding area that's why foiling is so popular and that's why so many people are learning to foil because it just expands the rideable universe uh exponentially you're just you're just now what's rideable is you know is it's just it's a it's a exponential uh you can where where is rideable and what is rideable is 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 uh, a a whole frontier which in a world full of you know kind of you know the lack of discovery when it comes to that kind of stuff it's like we know where all the surf spots are everybody's there i mean there's one or two little random spots that you got to like go so remote that it's you know you, you it's, it makes it almost not worth it and so to have just you know to have everything expand like that it, it really makes it you know that makes it uh it makes it beautiful it's a beautiful thing it's it's amazing i mean you're preaching to the choir i just finished a three-hour tow session of testing um, gear in one foot at nine-second wave energy and had yeah. an absolute blast, you know, a little um, shoal that we tow here. I'm in Florida, North Florida, in Jacksonville, and there's a, an yeah. in a shoal, and it produces just this beautiful little repeating Roller. fish peak. My last yeah. wave in was probably two and a half minutes and yep. 20 turns. And Beautiful. my buddy and I were just laughing our asses off on the way back because literally there was not a surfer in the water today. Yep. <laughs> and we had yeah. an epic yeah. time. Yeah. Well, that's that. And that's the point, right? Is I mean, that's what we're looking for, right? We're looking for these opportunities to ha have a, have a great experience. And, and, you know, and if a, if a, you know, a one foot swell with a nine second interval can do that, that means you're going to have a lot of opportunities because there's a lot of those kind of days, you know, and, and when you, when you think about giant wave riding, it's like, oh, what one day, one swell a year, two swells a year, one swell every 10 years, one swell in your lifetime. I mean, it's like, you know, those are that that's, those are bad. Uh, you know, those are, those are, those are bad numbers when it comes to, if you're connecting, you know, having a good time, that means you get to have a good time every 10 years for one on one day. So it's nice to open that up. Yeah. Has the downwind bug gotten you yet? A little bit, you know, I, I'm not, I, I usually don't, I don't find myself in such so many downwind, uh, just because I'm not on Maui, which is, you know, are at the gorge or places that really produce the ultimate downwind thing. And because I, like I said, my focus is really waves. I really like riding waves and, and downwind, uh, it, it, they're waves, uh, but they're not a wave. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's just, a, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's not that I, if I was in that, if I was in a place, uh, that was conducive for that, I imagine I would put more, more time, but most of the places I'm, I try to find myself are pretty glassy. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm just looking for, you know, I'm looking for wave, wave stuff. I've done a little bit of wing dinging. I don't, I don't mind that too, but again, that's, that's another, you know, I mean, I windsurf for years and tied it and, and, uh, and, and, and so it's a leather wind, wind kind of, you know, I'm trying to, I'm, uh, 
Yeah, I'm looking for waves. I'm looking for I'm looking for waves. I'm looking. You know what it is that also too is the freedom. I, and I think that's why downwinding can be fun. But just to, that freedom of you know not holding on to anything is nice. And then and then you know I really like uh, I really just like wave riding. So that's my focus. And and uh, and and of course that's you know if I was on Maui or in the gorge or someplace where it was blowing like stink, I'd probably be doing that every day. <laughs> Um, so when Sebastian Younger, he just recorded, it'll come out a week or two ahead of this episode. He was talking about risk and he was, he was saying that the risk that we take, and this is from an, you know, biological, um, evolution perspective, it, you know, it makes a lot of sense to take risk when we're young. And then as we get older, it doesn't make sense to take risk. And so there's something not normal about taking risk in your 50s and 60s. And, um, you know, he was making a case against it. And I wanted to know how you relate to risk and how that's evolved through, you know, your decades of hunting massive, heavy, big, consequential surf. You know, I mean, I, I listen, I think when you're younger, you're just trying to figure out where the boundaries are. Right. And so, uh, and then at a certain point, you know, as you get older, if you're not taking risks, it could be, uh, related to the fact that you might be a little smarter, um, and you might know where the boundaries are and you actually might be able to do dangerous things without quite the same consequences. You know, I, I'm not sure exactly how that all lays out, uh, you know. I mean, you? you know, there's a saying there's old and bold, no old, bold pilots. And, you know, most of the guys that I know that really were seeking certain levels of risk consistently are dead. And so I think there's a something to be said about that. It, it's again, you know, it's again has to do with what I, I feel like it has to do with, you know, what you're how you're operating. I think when you have a certain you know, what, what, what's risk to an unskilled person is, is, is a non-risk to a skilled person. So again, as you get better at things and learn how to do things, uh, you, you, you probably reduce the risk, uh, as, as you go, which means that you can push the envelope, uh, a little bit, but I, I can see where it makes sense biologically. Cause you're like, you know, again, you're looking for it when you're younger, you're trying to look for where are the boundaries? What are the limitations? You know, how far can I go before stuff breaks? And then you break things and you're like, well, that was too far. Let me pull back a little bit. And you're like, oh, you don't break things. You're like, well, maybe I can push a little further. And then you just kind of, you know, that you, you play that, you play that line, right? You play that line. But, you know, again, uh, I mean, I, I think there's a certain level of uh, uh, of risks that needs to be taken to have real um, experiences, you know, real genuine, intense uh, ex experiences that that the risk demands your focus, which leads to your your experience. Um, talking about experience and the consequence and the mental states that happen, um, you're familiar with the term flow states. Yes, sir. How do you relate to flow states and, and how do those states differ between foiling a, a two foot wave endlessly or a 60 foot wave going 60 miles an hour? 
you know, I, I mean, I, I listen. I think there's there's levels of flow state. Obviously, I mean, my my friend Stephen Kotler do, does a lot of studies on flow state. Um, Great books. You know, I think there's different depths of flow state. Right there's 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 levels of it. There's like a flow state spectrum, and and so obviously you can get into flow state on a two foot wave. I mean, listen, a monk can get into a flow state sitting on the floor. Uh, not moving, but that takes 30 years, you know, of, of intense uh, devotion to do that. You know, uh, the, uh, the thing about a giant wave is it's going to demand flow state from as soon as you let go. Uh, so um, the demands also help the, the demands of the situation will help implement the flow state. I think if the situation is demanding enough, you're just going to go right into a deep level of flow state. If it's not, you won't. I mean, you can make it demanding by your focus and your and your and what you're doing. I mean, I can just go straight in a two foot wave and just kind of hang out and look around and look at the birds, or I can really try to keep my blade on its edge and maximize the speed and read the energy of the water, uh, you know, and and probably have it be quite uh, quite you know flow statable. Like I, I'll be I'll be in a deep flow state, right? So uh, again. And I think it's, I think it has a lot to do with your own, you know, your experiences and your ability to put yourself in flow state. I think if you're, if you're someone who has spent a lot of time in flow state, probably not as hard for you to get in flow state as other people. Uh, I think some other people might have more trouble getting into it if without that, uh, that, especially when you've dealt with it really at, you know, in more intense situations, you think it, you think maybe, oh, cause you have that, then a small wave won't do it. But maybe maybe it's the opposite. Maybe because you have, uh, then you're then you can get into it easier. That's an interesting perspective on the flow states. How how do they feel to you? Those two separate things. No, just how how does how does being in a flow state feel to you? Do you feel like you're like, well, you know, I mean, I think something that happens, you know, something that happens, I think people don't understand also. And that's probably why we want to immediately go back out and catch another wave right after we finish. But when you're in flow state, I don't think you're making a lot of memories. I think that flow state is the, is the thing where you're in a state of, of nowness or you're in a state of focus that that you're not making memories. They're like the, the brain doesn't, I don't think so. Now I could be mistaken, but I don't think the brain is like high in the memory making uh, business when you're in a flow state, uh, because we know that, 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 that would be a blockage into the focus that, that the memory making would take energy and, and would actually detract from the, the situation. So, I mean, I, I know for a fact that when you do real, like, you know, people will talk about time slowing down in a car wreck and everything was in slow motion. And I go, yeah, because everything, all your assessment was sped up. And I go, when you, and when you need that kind of assessment and, and your brain speeds up like that, you know, in a, in a big wave per se, you're not making memories. Like when you get done, I mean, you, the things you remember are, could be snapshots during a wipeout, like you crash and the brain's like, well, we don't want to do that again. So we're going to give you a few moments things for you to remember so that maybe you can avoid that in the future. But um, otherwise you're just our memory, our memory and our recollection of a lot of it, 
you know, that's why people, what was it like to ride that wave and this? And I can go, I can give you a couple moments or a couple thoughts that popped in my head during the thing, but you don't really have the best recollection of it. I don't, I just don't, I think memory takes a certain amount of, you know, gigabytes. And I just don't think that, 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 that those are once, I think once the brain, once you're under threat, I think the brain is like nothing except what you need to do to get survive the threat and anything else is going to be a, a detraction or, or it's going to be a distraction from you accomplishing that and memory would be one of those i think memory would just be like yeah no we put that in the you know except when it, it the pieces you need to help you not make the mistakes in the future uh, and then the other ones that helps you create success i think those go like into your subconscious or something I, i'm not smart enough uh, in, in the, in the way the brain works to know that, but I know something like that. I know it's gotta be something like, yeah, no, sorry. Don't, you know, and that's why we want to go right when we're done, we like, let's catch another one. And then you want another one. And then you, when you're done with the session, you still want more. It's like, I think, cause you don't, you don't get a ton of memories. You just get the sensation of the doing it itself. So that's why you're constantly wanting to, to go do it again. I don't think it really matters how much of the um, neurochemistry or um, how much it matters, how much we understand how the brain works, because I feel like a lot of the people who study it probably don't have the same experience, obviously, that you do, but then probably most surfers or um, athletes have. And so I think that experientially, it's important to to think about those things. And, um, you know, I, I remember watching a documentary, I believe, when you were talking through, it was a podcast at some point, when you were talking about your wave at Chopu, um, the one where you, I mean, I, the, the most famous wave you probably have ridden there, and you talked through your decision-making process of, you know, leaning forward in that moment, I believe it was. Um, you think decision-making is different? Do you think that you remembered that because that was such an important key aspect of being able to make that wave? Because obviously that was a heavy situation. Yeah. 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 But, but that, but again, like I said, I, I think that that, that when you, your brain is going to re remember the things it needs to, to, for you to accomplish the thing again, so that you can make, have success. So whatever it was, that, that you feel made you have success, the brain will re, will have consciousness of that. I'm not saying that everything's not embedded in your brain, in your psyche. I'm just saying that it's not, not going to be available for you to pull out when you need it, like, like the information that you need to be successful, like, and, or, or avoid failure, you know, which probably they're both are, are, are something similar. So I think there's something to be said about that. I think there's something to be said about, yeah, the brain was like, yeah, in the future, you know, we want you to be successful there again, or, Ooh, you made that mistake. Then let's not do that again. So, but, but, but it is, it's limited. It's limited to that. And, you know, in a situation where there was a lot going on, you, you know, and the reason why I, I have some of these feelings and some of these thoughts are because I get asked, oh, da, 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 you know, what was it like? And what do you think? And then when I, I sit there and I ponder this stuff and then, then I'm like, it doesn't seem like I got a lot of information available. And then I, and then I've heard some, and then I've heard some, you know, psychologists and some other uh, people talk about, you know, how, how, how the brain works and, you know, in certain situations, you're, you're not 
you know, you're not making memory. Like I'm just saying memory takes, I mean, I know, listen, I do some training. I do some, you know, XPT water training, my, my water training stuff that we do. And the, and the, the truth is that your vision uses oxygen. So you squint your eyes all of a sudden you can, you can last a little longer under there, you know, like there's little things that are going on. So it's like, it's all about economy, right? It's all about the economics of, you know, the way the body works, right? Looking for the path of least resistance and also being as economic as it can be. And I just think that memories are a little bit of a luxury, like when, unless they're a necessity for survival uh, or success or failure, but you're only, but you're just getting what is, what the brain considers uh, valuable or, you know, for that specifically, it's not giving you all the rosy, you know, you're not, it's not like watching a sunset and just sitting there. I mean, and absorbing a sunset because you're sit sitting and you're, and you're just absorbing it. You're having a different experience. You're not, you're able to take all of your energy and just let it go into the memorization of the situation. I think there is something different to that than, you know, then you're flying down a giant wave and, you know, it's breaking on your heels and you're like, and one decision makes you, you know, make it. And one decision makes you not, I just think you're, you know, those are, those are, and, and, and having a nice memory of it, the body's like, you know, I think the body goes, Hey, you know what? We don't need a memory of it. We're not going to be here. So let's work on being here first, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm in the snapshot um side of that yeah snapshots yeah um, and it's like a little, you can go back and look through these beautiful snapshots the other thing that i get is when i do something surprising um like i was foiling the other day and i i changed foot position i move my feet a lot when i foil and i changed foot position and it was such a different unique feeling i won't get into the intricacies of it but um like it, it was just there. Like, cause I don't, I'm, I'm in the same camp. I don't remember a whole lot from like longer, like downwind runs or, or in surf runs, but this one foot movement, like it changed the way that I foil since that point, because now I know I have access to a different feel on the foil from a different foot position, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, and again, that's, you know, and, and when you do it long enough, then you won't even think about it. You'll just go right into that foot position. It'll be like, you'll be in the, you know, you'll be in flow state. You'll be in the 10,000 hours where it's, un it becomes an unconscious piece of your repertoire, you know, after you consciously do it and then you, and then you implement it. But it, it is, it is, uh, it is interesting how, how, it, how it works. And obviously it's fulfilling some need in us because our desire to do it is, you know, unsurpassed. I mean, we, we just, we can, we dedicate our, you know, other than our families and, and our, you know, our own lives, you know, we're, we, we dedicate a lot of, you know, a lot of time, energy, focus, our whole existence can be just based around trying to do that more. <laughs> so do it's you, doing something, it's bringing us something that we need. Where do you think that need comes from? I mean, that's one of the things that I always search for is ever since I've been 13, 14 years old, I've been you know, following the same North star. Um, and you know, my wife doesn't have that North star none of my friends seem, I mean, outside of, outside of my crew, um, have the same needs that I have, you know, I surf probably 
every day. Um, it's just, I'm not a normal person. If I don't, I feel like, um, where do you think that comes from for you? Well, I, I mean, I, like you, you said, I think you're born with that. I think there's a, I think there's a, there is a biological mechanism in us, you know, and, and like I said, this is fulfilling a piece of, you know, like why, you know, why, what, what, what's great to be alive or, or what is it that you're supposed to do when you're alive, you know, and, and I think in that, and obviously other people have lighter versions of it and other people have heavier versions and it's more intense and more obvious. Is. And some people probably have versions that aren't as obvious and aren't as intense, but I think everybody has some, you know, I mean, first of all, the will to live, right? The will to live is so crazy powerful. Uh, we can, and we can see that. Uh, and so, you know, this is, this is kind of maybe the will to do something while you're living, <laughs> you know, like that makes you, that makes, you know, makes it you know makes it worth living makes it give you a purpose for living gives you some you know all of it i think it like i said it's i believe it's fulfilling something yeah you know, I, I believe there's a there it's fulfilling a piece of of our our spirit our soul our 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 existence that you know that that it's giving us purpose it's giving us meaning it's bringing us fulfillment it's just i mean it's there it's there for a reason like i just i don't i don't i don't see that we could be you know and 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 like i said not i mean i think everybody everybody has some kind of it and obviously it's you know it's it's in different colors and everybody and different intensities but you know i just don't see us having that and it bringing it for if it's not some connected to something it's you know i mean somebody said something about being alive and being able to touch and do the things we able to do in this form that we're in this physical form and we get to actually you know kiss and hold hands and ride waves and you know all these things that we get to do in this physical form that you don't get to do if you're not in the physical form and so maybe it's connected to that maybe it's like hey you get to feel this and do this and write, have this sensation in this physical form that you won't, you won't be able to do if you, or you wouldn't be able to do if you weren't in the physical form. And so I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, you can, that probably, you know, is a podcast. It's probably many podcasts. It's probably that that's probably, you can go deep into that, but it, 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 it there's an obvious, there's an obvious uh, need for it that is powerful and I just don't believe that that's for no reason. So it's fulfilling something. It's doing something. Yeah. One of the hardest things that I had to go through is we had to abruptly move back from Costa Rica and to Florida and, you know, basically getting little barrels. Culture shock, culture shock. Oh, yeah. man. culture shock one, but also it was immediate withdrawal symptoms from living on the beach in Costa Rica for 10 years. And that yeah. was hard. I started trying to fill that. Well, I got into go-kart racing. I, mean, I was doing yeah. all sorts of crazy stuff to try to hit those. And then foiling came. And I, I say it all the time, like foiling kind of saved my sanity. Mm. Um, and how, how, how do you deal with those moments when you don't have access? I mean, does XPT cover it? Does do the workouts? Cover well, I mean, I have, a you know, I have, a, I mean, listen, I eat nice and breath work and, you know, yep. holding weights underwater and, I mean, those are all little pieces, training, you know, riding in the mountains, right. You know, uh, um, also to just having, I think 
having the patience, you know, learning the patience that this, the time will pass and you'll be getting it. And, you know, this is the downtime and just all that, all those things I think that come from uh, experience, probably not as good when I was, you know, younger at it, maybe better now, maybe I'll be, I'll get even better, but um, you know, I can say that, you know, that's, you have to be careful because that's becomes the destructive moments when you don't have those, those things. But I think that the, 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 the trust and, and, and the trust and the faith to know, uh, well, that it's coming, it's get you know, and, and, uh, and that you will be in the right place and it will happen. I mean, you know, it's the same thing that, you could be there and not, not have the equipment or be hurt or something like that. So, you know, you could not be there and then, and then, but when you get to be there, then you get to get everything there is. So I think there's something, uh, that, that helps in that. And I think, I mean, listen, knowing, knowing what it is, that's a big piece, knowing, knowing, uh, that you need, you know, the wave, right. Knowing that you need to, to, to ride the wave and and that that's there for you and you and it works i go that's a big piece of it you know it's i always say half the solution is just knowing the problem uh and so uh if 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 it's you know if the thing is you need waves then okay well we're halfway there now we just have to get waves <laughs> but if if you don't know what it is uh then that's that's a whole nother animal um a couple of minutes ago, you mentioned the 10,000 hour rule, and I was lucky enough to have Anders Ericsson on this podcast a number of years back before he passed away. He was the um, gentleman who at the Florida State FSU uh, discovered the 10,000 hour rule and then wrote the, beat, the book Peak, which is, I mean, amazing. And anyone listening wants to know more about that. It's one of the first episodes on the show, just one of my favorites of all time. And do you, do you subscribe to the 10,000 hour rule? I mean, cause it's, it's a, it's an interesting conversation that I've had with a lot of people about, you know, where does innate talent fit in? Is it applicable to anyone? How do you relate to, to the 10,000 hour rule? Well, I, I, you know, I, I look at the 10,000 hour rule as a concept, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't, you know, is it 10,000? Is it 5,000? Is it 50? is it 20 i i mean i i i think it's you know when does conscious become unconscious how quick can you do it if you've done it once you probably can do it maybe a little quicker the second time maybe even faster the third one you know so but I, but does do things become unconscious absolutely i mean when you look at when you look just look at it look at sports in general and you know you know you you know when you can see when people become you know, kind of unconscious in their, in their performances. Uh, and, and, and it, and, you know, and, and it's, you know, there's flow state, right. When, when it just becomes like a thing that you're not even, you know, I mean, if you were, if you were trying to calculate everything you needed to do and move every muscle you needed to move through consciousness, you'd, you'd never do it. You would, you would, you would be, you wouldn't even be able to, to to pull it you wouldn't be able to do anything really so in a way i think there's a you know that's the that's the right that's the kind of the the belief i i think right the ten thousand hour rule is just really about when when conscious effort becomes unconscious and and then and then you know and and so 
and I think it's, it's, you know, I think everything we've been talking about leads to that, right. I think it leads to the, it leads to, you know, what's important and to, and accomplishing the goal, what's important to avoid. And, you know, how does that, and I think there's obviously some people that are, are innately better at that, uh, for who know you know, for, you know, a multitude of reasons. Uh, but, you know, and I, and I, and I, but I do think that, you know, that there, that, that, that most people can, can achieve that in some aspect. Uh, it's, 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 you know, I mean, there, there's, there's, you know, there's, there's, uh, but again, it's a spectrum. I think it's like, it's like the flow state, right? I think there's a, a spectrum to that, that, you know, is it a little, is it a little, un, you know, is it a, is a little conscious, a lot unconscious is a little, you know, I mean, it, I think it comes in, you know, I think there's, there's a, the, the formula adjusts depending on the person and the, and the, and the activity. So how do you train for foiling? Um, technically, not, not physically, not, not the XPT work, not the, the hold down training, all that. How do you train technically for foiling? You mentioned that you like to ride the e-foils as fast as possible to train for speed. Um, yeah. I mean, I like that a lot. I think e-foiling is a crazy good mechanism. I mean, other board things, stand up paddle. I mean, when you talk about how do you train for toe foiling, I mean, all foiling is going to attribute to all foiling is going to help foiling. Right. So that's, that's, and then balance work. And I mean, obviously the lifting and the physical stuff, the flexibility, I mean, and then, and then the, and then the thinking about it too, right. The visualization uh, of it too. It's like, where is it on your priorities? Where does it, you know, where does it live? Right. Where does it exist in your, in your, uh, in your priorities? I, I think that's a big piece. You know, people go off and do stuff and then they're unhappy with their performance, but, but they don't think any, they don't think about it at all. They're, they don't have any kind of connection to it. And except when they go do it and then you're like, and then they're sad that they don't get out of it what they want. I go, well, you got to give it a little more attention than that. Um, to, but yeah, I, I, you know, and I have a couple like, a, you know, it's, I got some electric skateboard stuff that we, that we'll go play on and, you know, and so. I mean, any, any board stuff, if I was, you know, I haven't been snowboarding, but norm lately, but because of foiling, but, you know, normally snowboarding attributes a lot to, you know, board riding stuff. I think that that's a, you know, anytime you're in your position doing something, those are just, that's just accumulation of more time on, in, on, you know, in that time, in that, in that movement, that's going to benefit you. Do you find that board sports similar sports so skateboarding snowboarding uh, one of the things that i think about with um, my training and i've found this I, I i started looking into athletes like kiahi and zane schweitzer um, kyleni guys who seem to be able to rise to the top of multiple games at the same time and probably about the same amount of of you know, years as other people. And so I was, I was thinking about it. And I was like, there's got to be something to the synergy of these sports coming together. So I started integrating different types of, you know, shortboarding for foiling and, and skating ramp for foiling. I, and it was incredible how that opened up different feels for me. And the creativity aspect where, you know, oh, I can do this on this. I wonder if I could do this on a foil. Um, 
do you find that that has been beneficial being kind of cross disciplinary in board sports and bringing it back? And what have you brought back if there's anything? Well, I mean, I, obviously I think that that's probably one of the key elements to, to, uh, evolving, right. Is to, I mean, if you look at, you know, short board performance surfing in, you know, aerials and you look at what's happening in skateboarding and snowboarding i mean the influences uh that that they that that the genres have on one another is i mean it's this is probably the same in music and the same in cooking and the same in science i mean it's just i think there's a certain formula a formulaic process to all this stuff but there's no doubt that that you know i mean a big piece of it is is your your ability to be a beginner right and your willingness to try something new even when it's uh i mean and it's easier when it's part of something that you're already doing right you already have an expertise in the field so the, this is not there's not that big a stretch where it's not like you're going completely abstract from where you were and you're starting something from scratch but there are uh you know there are a lot of benefits from you know, I mean, listen, we started doing stand up originally because it was good for training and most of surfing was paddling, which the leg, your legs weren't getting enough work. And all of a sudden now you're standing up and your balance improves and you're on a big board and then you, you can ride your guns better. And then, the, you know, it's all, they, they all feed in windsurfing and I mean, in snowboarding, being stuck in one position, which when you went onto a tow board and you're foot strapped down, you're in that same, stuck in that same position, which was difficult if you came from being able to move your feet around and never having done something where your feet were stuck. So there's just so many things. It's so, you know, everything, I mean, you know, that old, everything's connected, but everything's connected. But in the, in these situations, it's really connected because they're all, they all have certain similarities about them. And so I think that's, uh, you know, that that's the, when you get all those, I mean, you still can't take away, you know, if you have 40,000 hours or something in one discipline on one thing, you know, you, you, you can use all these other things and not have as many hours. And, you know, there's just certain things that you can't, you know, that you can't make up for. Right. And in, in, at a certain point in a certain volume, it's like, no matter what you do, it's just going to be hard to hard to outdo the guy. That's all he's ever done is that one thing. And he does it uh, when, 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 but that you're talking about, the guy like the best guys that just do that but you know on average you'd be better off doing these other disciplines because it actually feed into you being improving probably quicker in the in another discipline but the influence is definitely uh measurable and you can you can benefit uh from it you know when you when they especially when they have the similar 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 uh you know, movements and position, position and, and speed and this all, all the way, you know, the way the body works. I think it's, I think that definitely, you know, I mean, I mean, a big piece of that, the reason why you only have, you don't have everybody doing all the disciplines is sometimes people don't like to be a beginner. They don't, how they look like, or they're trying to fit in with a certain culture. So they're like, Hey, we just, all we, you know, our group does, you know, we have a certain color hair, a certain size shorts, and we ride this board and that's what we do. And so, and some, and some guys are like, well, I don't really care what we do. I'm going to ride this board and that board and this board and any other, you know, and I'm going to try every single thing. And so that's a, that speaks more to kind of a, 
kind of more of a you know a psychology more of a you know are you are you you know are you more outside of things or are you more inside of things yeah that was actually going to be my next question um because you mentioned there you know strapping on the white belt and i find that in the surf culture it, you know, I thought stand-up was going to become a much bigger sport than it ended up becoming. Now, I mean, obviously, stand-up as a way to access the ocean is massive. But within the surf world, you know, there were early adopters. I mean, Rob Machado, Joel Tudor, those guys were all about the stand-up at the beginning. But then surf culture pushed back. And now you'll never find those guys in a picture anyways on a stand-up. Mm. What do you, what do you mm. think happened there? Because... It makes well, sense. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it's a combination of a few things. I think part of it has to do with, with, uh, I mean, and I, and I think there's like there's multiple reasons. I think sometimes the the group that 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 started, you know, a lot of the people that are doing stand up are 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 kind of already outside of of the culture so then you have these guys that kind of don't know what they're doing and so then you you're associating that if you do it then you're like with that group of guys that don't know what they're doing kind of thing and i think that that's what usually prevents people in the beginning but then it's irony is it kind of eventually kept people from doing it along the way i mean i'm surprised that more people aren't doing it uh as well but part of it has to do with with that right that 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 we have a certain you know identity like we're 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 you know we're surfers this is how we surf we ride these boards we do this thing and this we do and i think we that we fall victim to that right and some of us in the beginning can be a little bit rebellious and then we just after the while we're just like go back to our i mean part of it is you you know you do it because it's new and, and different and you're like oh cool it's different and then after you do it for a little while you're like let's go back you know let me go back down and do it do what i've done before because it became interesting again because i did something different for a while so i mean I, again i think there's a you know a lot of different reasons but you know when you have a certain group of people that does it that are you know usually it's not good surfers i mean for me i'm surprised that you know and if i if i wasn't focused on other things that guys aren't more focused in big wave riding i mean you know i ride our guns at jaws with a giant stand-up paddle i'm like awesome like for you know again just another way to approach the ocean another discipline you know but it's it's like it you could also say how come there's not you know all these other guys aren't like zane and kai and these other guys that are doing six disciplines but they, all they do is just do one discipline it's because it's back to that same what you know what what group what, what you know are you are you well first of all what are you concerned about what people think because if that's one of the things, then you're going to really limit your what you do. You're only going to be around people. You're only going to do things that the people you're around think is cool or that's the thing to do. And so that's one thing. Um, if you don't care what they think, then you're going to probably do whatever's fun. Uh, and Or you'll be around people that don't care what they think or in places where people don't care. And then you do all the different, you know, you can do a bunch of different things. So I think there's a bunch of factors uh, uh, that... And it's not over yet, right? So at a certain point, it's not over. It's just, it is interesting to have watched it do its thing. And I mean, stand-up is still monster and actually still growing because it's a great way to be on the water. Right. And so, uh, you know, that that's that's the thing. 
as well. So, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's, I mean, you know, I think, I think sometimes surfing itself has gotten, you know, everybody's, you know, it's like, we cut our hair like this, we wear this short, we had this thing, we do that, you know, it's like we have a whole, like a whole, uh, you know, program, we have a whole like, you know, it's like we have a uniform and a whole thing. And that's what we do. And that's what we that's our tribe, which, you know, I, I appreciate I think I, because I was always outside of that a little bit, partially out of being rebellious, but just partially because I just wasn't, I didn't fit into it. So I'm used to, uh, for me, it, it seems more normal to not be part of that. And I usually just look, you know, the, it's like trends. It's like, who's following the trends and who's not, you know, I just, I'm on, I'm under the theory. If you just keep the same haircut, eventually it's going to be in again. You know, if you have the same shorts, you're, they'll be back in like they were out and then, oh, you're retro. You're like, no, I just, oh, these are the same ones I've always worn. <laughs> so, it's, seems, you know, that it, seems at odds with your ability to be able to evolve in the ocean, though. I, you know, I guess you've had the same hair. You'd think, I would think that that's what you'd think. You'd think you would, you'd think you'd be, and maybe, maybe it is. Maybe that's why you look and then you see people not really doing anything new. They're doing the same stuff they've always done. And because part of it is that that's their identity. That's who they are. So at the end, they don't want to change their identity or are they worried about it? Again, do you care what people think? Are you concerned about fitting in? Like these are social things. Like this speaks more to like the social dynamic of you you know, fitting in with your tribe and what is your tribe and how, what do they expect of you and all that. And so, or you're, are you just, you know, lone soldier and you're like, you're good, I'm good. And I don't, you're not worried about uh, that. So, it, it, you know, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's something that for me, for me personally, you know, I've had just years of experience and because I've always, I mean, listen, I, how many times have I had people telling me, oh, that's stupid. Why are you doing that? That's dumb. How come you don't surf anymore? I mean, somebody told Gabby the, the other day, well, doesn't Laird do traditional surfing? And I was like, well, what is traditional surfing? Like, like, first of all, who, who, who even can define surfing? Like when I go to Makaha and I'm with the Kaolana family and, you know, Brian Kaolana says, hey, don't define me by my equipment. And then I go out to Makaha and they're riding every, they're riding the picnic table. They got boogie, bully, you know, foil, stand up paddle, canoe. I mean, they're just, they, you know, they're, they're riding anything that that can be ridden and a few things that can't. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's the, that's the philosophy, right? That's the, that's the spirit that I gravitate towards in my mind i go and and by the way that's the spirit that created surfing in the beginning which that's the irony of the whole thing is that you have this whole group like trying to act like that you know like trying to create definition around surfing and then the group that actually created the sport are the ones that have no definition it's just any i mean it's an act of riding the wave like that's what it what, what's surfing uh way of riding the wave by any means possible riding the way, <laughs> you know, with your body, with your board, with your, you know, with a, a blow up pillowcase, whatever you, whatever you, you know, if you're on a wave riding it, that's surfing. That's in my mind. That's what I, that's how I define it. So, but you know, other people have other things in mind about, you know, wanting to, they want to box it up. They want to put a frame around it and make it a nice picture, you know? Well, it's better to market it that way from a business perspective. Yeah. A well, it's a bit, exactly. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
Um, you just lost me then. You just lost me then. I, I go, and what does that have to do with riding waves? <laughs> <laughs> you lost me. <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, you're right. Yeah. Better for the business. So, um, do you think foiling, like it seems like, and Kai said this on the show and I've seen it, it seems like the better the surfer, the more apt they're going to be to pick up the foil. And I feel like stand up was the opposite. You know, it seemed like it was, I don't know, the older. Yeah. You wanted but you, but you, but you look again, the first adopters of any new thing are always people that are a little outside. They're a little outside of the group. It's just, you know, and uh, when you look, if you look at foiling right now, really look at foiling and look who's foiling and see how many people are foiling and see how many good surfers aren't foiling and how hard it is to get them to foil. Pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. I mean, they they do it and, and, but they'll dabble in it or, you know, and, and, and maybe it's changing now. I don't, I, cause I don't, I'm not so always in touch with who is and what, what's going on in, in the majority of, you know, what's happening in the, in, the, in, in a given discipline, but the, the, you know, I mean, there's a lot of guys I know that are, they're not, they know how, and they can actually foil decent, but they're not really, you know, it either didn't hit them or they didn't give themselves enough time with it to allow them to really, you know, tap into really what it, what it does and what it means. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I just, like I said, I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't see, I mean, I, there's good, there's a lot of good surfers doing it, but then there's a, probably more surf, good surfers that aren't doing it. Well, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, but yeah. they're not, they're not ashamed of it where no one wanted yeah. to yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to stand up. Yeah. John well, because, well, because first of all, you can prone foil, so you can ride a little short board and you can paddle in and hop up. So you're just, there's a version of that that eliminates, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, the truth is stand up was incredible for a lot of guys, a lot of old time surfers that, that, and that's who the majority of the guys that, that were, you know, that were doing it, were couldn't paddle anymore. Their necks were jacked, their shoulders were ruined. And they were like, man, I got a new life on, you know, I got a new lease on life. I can go out and surf still because I don't have to lay down. And, uh, and so, and, but, but then with that came another group of yeehaws that, and, and when they're in foiling too, don't kid yourself, but it's taking a little more foiling's taking a little more skill, uh, which, you know, which, which kind of, is like self, uh, self governing, right? There's a certain skill level that foil takes that, that is going to eliminate. I mean, even though some of the new foils are pretty easy and people can do it, um, you know, it, it's still, I mean, you still have to, you know, if you're trying to, if you're trying to prone foil or stand up paddle foil in the surf, you're going to have to know how to surf and so, and you're going to, and then you're going to have to learn how to foil. So that's going to take, that's going to eliminate a certain group right there, right? You're not going to be able to take your, you know, your, your beginner for beginner surfer or beginner stand up paddler and say, Hey, go foil. They're going to, you're going to take somebody who's a little more skilled. That's why you're like, what you're saying is you have people a little more, you know, that are more talented that are taking up foiling because well, big part of it is because they have to be, <laughs> Yeah, well, it gives you access to so much. I mean, mm. Florida has gone from yeah a day a month where you could maybe get excited to we're frothing four or five days a week. There's always something on offer, you know. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, beautiful. What a magic thing. What a blessing that we get it. It's, it's something that we really needed just because it opens up our world that that's, you know, our world's busy and there's a lot of humans and, you know, going to a, a spot with, you know, 60 or 80 guys out and, and jockeying with people that, that kind of takes some of the fun out of it. Now, if you, you know, now if there's 10 places you can go and just have a ball and no one's out, those are good ratio. I like that. I like those odds. I like it. Always empty. And, and it's, it's funny because it's always empty, but it's also the only surf sport where you don't care about sharing waves with other people on top of it. That's the irony too. It's always empty, but you don't care about riding with other guys either. I mean, you care a little bit because if they don't know what they're doing, they'll, you know, they'll crash into you. So, but, but if you have any trust at the guys, you can, you can do the blue angels and fly all over the place with each other. It's pretty fun. It doesn't have the same scarcity that surfing has. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're not limited to just that sweet spot that, oh, that a wave has that, and so few waves have. Do you get much of an opportunity to go out to local breaks and foil with the the foil crew and, and get to experience the community? I think that's one of the coolest things about this sport is that the community, you can show up anywhere. Everyone's so stoked. You don't have that scarcity. So the vibe and lineups is just so amazing. Do you get, do you get a chance to, to experience that, be a part of it? A little bit. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do, I, I get to, I get to, to, to go foiling and, 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 and I think cause it's new and because of, and because of the way the, what the foil does and how it makes the, you know, just makes, creates space, uh, that, that, that the attitude's pretty, people are stoked and excited about it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things about downwind that I'm finding fascinating is one is the adventure, like just, yep. you know, setting offshore and like, all right, seven, eight miles, whatever we're doing, we hope we get there. Yeah. Well, I, well, listen, we've been downwinders for a long time. We were downwinders on windsurfing, paddleboarding downwinders, stand-up paddling downwinders. So I've been a downwind monster for a long, long time. I'm probably, that's probably a little bit why I'm downwind out a little bit because I've been just so downwind. I mean, we just, have, I, I can't tell you how much downwinding that we've done, but yes, downwinding is a beautiful thing. It's a, it's a magic experience, no matter what you're on, whether it's a stand-up paddle prone board, you know, whatever it is down, down, Going downwind is downhill, right? So, uh, it's it's anytime you're going with with the energy is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I, I was looking through your Instagram this afternoon, and there was a a post that I thought was pretty cool where it said "Be an old wizard," um, but but basically mm. the idea, the ethos was "Be an old wizard," and but still send it every day. Um, did you write that? Was that from you? That works. Yeah. Well, being an old wizard, I think that's, I, I think I, you know, that's probably, I aspire one day to be an old wizard, you know, something about that wizard. means you, means you made it. <laughs> 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 There's not that many of them, you know, <laughs> if you're the old wizard, you just, you kind of win just because you, because you made it. <laughs> um, what is, what is success to you at this point in your life? You've pretty much achieved everything you can as a waterman, I would say. I mean, being from, an old wizard, being yeah. an old, <laughs> yeah. when, being when an old wizard. Old, success is being an old wizard. But you know, I think it's a continuation. Listen, my my family, uh, you know, my my girls being good, uh, my relationship being good. That's success. Having good relationship with my friends and uh, being healthy being strong, being able to continue to do all the things I love to do. I mean, that's, 
you know, you don't, I, I just, you, I, I don't know anything else I could ask for. Like that's at the end, that's, you know, and, and, and a lot of that stuff is, you know, a continued, eff, a continued effort. So uh, the success isn't like, you know, you, you achieve something and then that's it. You're done. I think that this, this, this success I'm talking about is, is just a, it's a continual effort, right. And success is that you're able to accomplish that effort. Uh, and like I said, the family, the health, the relationships, and, you know, and the, and then, the, and then, you know, the riding waves and being able to do, cause that's an intricate part of, of the whole thing. Yeah. When I think about happiness, it's, it's a weird one because for me to be happy on a daily basis, it's mm. generally about getting in the ocean and, you know, everyone in the family being okay and, and spending time with everyone, but, you know, being out there and, and doing rad stuff is a big part of my daily happiness. But when I think about happiness on a yearly or, you know, five-year basis, it's all about family and friends and, and all of that. It, do you have that same type of mentality? How does it feel to you? Does, do the ocean sports contribute to your overall happiness when you were to look back? Or do you think it's more about a, a, a maintenance dose? I mean, listen, I think, I think that, that it, it fulfills, uh, it fulfills things in me that make me a better partner, a better dad, a better friend, just a better person. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's supplying me, uh, with, with thing with it's supplying me with a certain level of of experience and, and sensation that just making me a, a just all around, you know, a better, a better, uh, a better person. You know, I'm just, I'm just better. I'm just like better in that. I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm, I always come back from, you know, when, when we have a great day of riding and just, I always say I'm real amendable, you know, I'm real pliable. I'm, you can just do whatever you need to do to me. I'm ready. And I'm, and I'm in the perfect state of mind. And I think that that's a, you know, it's a, there's a selfishness to that, that, but it, it's, it, 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 it's, it's, I know I need to do that so that at the end, I'm just, I'm just better in everything else. Yeah. I don't know if that's selfish because, because I feel the same way about that. And I feel like taking care of that means that I get to show up a hundred percent in everything else. Yeah. Right. Um, I agree. I agree. Yeah. All right, so this has been fantastic. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, and I generally give the last word, or I always give the last word to whoever came on. I, you know, like, what would you like to share with um, the FOIL community um, who's listening to this? Oh, I, do, I think you just, we need to remember to, you know, to just everybody just needs to be a better human whatever that means to you i think we just all need to i think there's a you know that we need to keep it all in perspective and that we're and then to realize how fortunate we are to get get to uh to you know get to do these things that we do and somehow whoever thought this stuff up i have to say i really want to thank them because this is some amazing stuff i mean wow <laughs> it's amazing 
So congratulations. Anybody who's foiling, congratulations. You're getting to do one of the most amazing things that there is to do uh, being a human on earth. So good job. <laughs> Couldn't have summed it up better. Laird, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, and thank you for your role and helping facilitate that amazing experience we're all getting to, to partake in. Well, thank you, Eric. And I appreciate it. And all I'm going to say is aloha. Project Podcast, deconstructing foiling, flow, and the learning process with your host, Eric Antonsen.